Ladies and gentlemen of the CBK community, my client, Jennifer Walters, is a classic Marvel heroine, and I'm here to make the case why she, without the shadow of a doubt, is the coolest. Objection. He's obviously talking about She-Hulk being the coolest and not Ms. Walters. Objection, objection. I was actually talking about Jennifer Walters as she's a different person than the She-Hulk. Triple objection. It's been shown that She-Hulk and Jennifer Walters are indeed the same person and not separate entities. Mega objection. We should start the show and get into this. Sustained. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today we're talking about She-Hulk. The savage She-Hulk. The immortal She-Hulk. The sensational She-Hulk. So many adjectives of She-Hulk throughout the years. Yeah, she can go up against Spider-Man with all the different titles. It's very, very close. She's up there. Uh, what a great character. And and another one that I think that neither one of us knew a ton about. I mean, I I know you had read, read some. We'll get into it with uh, previously, but I, I certainly didn't. And because of the TV show, which we'll, we're going to talk about later, um, this was this is a character that's in the spotlight a lot right now. And I was like, OK, we, we definitely got to we gotta definitely have to talk about yeah. Jennifer Walters Absolutely. for sure. Um, she's going to be a force for good coming uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah, I'm so excited for her to just like expand into multiple facets of the MCU. But I I've liked She-Hulk for a very long time, but that went back to the animated shows where she would pop up, whether oh. she was involved with like the Fantastic Four right. or if she sh- like I can't remember if she also showed up in. The Amazing Spider-Man at some point. Yeah. But I remember an animated She-Hulk like popping up in all these other shows and, and teaming up with the other heroes. And I always thought she was just the coolest just because she was a very tall woman, green colored skin, and mm-hmm. she was also highly intelligent. But with my limited knowledge of Hulks, I was like, wait, Hulk is normally not smart. So having her be so intelligent is just this juxtaposition to the Hulk entity, which I just yeah. loved. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because like from a character design or, or even just taking like, you know, you have Spider Woman and Spider Man and, and Supergirl and Superman and, and it's like She Hulk from a, oh, let's just make it a female Hulk kind of seems derivative, but at the same time, having her be a lawyer and she's so iconic with the the luscious hair and the just she's all green and there's no other character that you can be like i i don't know who that is because like of course it's her like it's just she is iconically she hulk i mean there's other green characters out there of course but like it's it's just she's uh yeah she's a very unique character um, design even though she's incredibly simple uh from a design standpoint so Well, let's get into it, Lance. Uh, We're going to talk all about She-Hulk, and um, we're going to start with the uh, kind of bio for her and publication history. 
She-Hulk, or Jennifer Walters, is a hero in Marvel Comics created by Stan Lee and John Buscema in 1980. Aside from the first issue, the Savage She-Hulk series was written by David Anthony Kraft and penciled by Mike Vosberg, with inks by Frank Springer. The Savage She-Hulk lasted until 1982, after which she popped up in various titles. In 1989, Sensational She-Hulk launched, with the majority of it being drawn and written by John Byrne. Byrne's run is one of the most celebrated takes on She-Hulk, bringing in elements of comic book satire, real-world issues, and breaking the fourth wall gags. This series would run for 60 issues, becoming the longest solo title series of any Marvel superheroine up to that point. Nice. In 2004, a new volume simply titled She-Hulk was released with creative team Dan Slott and Juan Bobillo. Despite critical favor, it couldn't escape low sale numbers. Marvel closed the series at issue 12, but promised a second season eight months later with their same creative team. Slot's run ended with issue 21, and Peter David took over writing duties until the series ended with issue 39 in 2009. She-Hulk would return with another solo series in 2014 with a 12-issue run featuring Jen facing off against Matt Murdock in court. In 2016, she starred in the comic titled Hulk, showing how she dealt with the trauma of her cousin Bruce's death and injuries sustained by Thanos, fallout from Civil War II. There was a big shift in tone from previous series, and the series was canceled in 2018. Most recently, in 2022, she returned to an ongoing solo title series written by Rainbow Rowell and artist Roque Antonio. The series returns to that lighthearted tone of previous comics and focuses on her practicing law in the superhuman community. Nice. And we'll get into some of our favorite runs out of all of her history in just a little while. But first, let's learn about the character. So Jennifer Walters is an accomplished lawyer and cousin to Bruce Banner, who is also the Hulk, if you didn't know. After an assassination attempt during a case... Jen receives a blood transfusion from her cousin, which changes her into a Hulk-like monster. Unlike Bruce, however, she seems to have the ability to control her changes, and they are not solely fueled by rage. While in She-Hulk form, she seems to have emotional control, but becomes stronger when enraged. Throughout the years, she has been invited to be a member for the Avengers, Fantastic Four, and the Defenders, amongst other superhero groups. Her main passion is practicing law, and she has often leveraged her personal and legal expertise to serve as legal counsel for various superhumans and superheroes. It's so much fun seeing her as She-Hulk in the courtroom yeah. defending other heroes and, and sometimes villains, too. Yeah, for sure. And, and everybody's just like, yeah, OK, we're cool with it. Like, it's yeah. just kind of accepted, <laughs> which which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, many she goes by she has a lot of different nicknames. Um, disclaimer, some of these are little derogatory slang terms for women and are not the views of comic book keepers. But I thought in the sense of, you know, just being historically accurate, it might be worth pointing them out because She-Hulk has had a bit of a rocky past when it comes to representation and has gotten a lot better in recent years. Yes. But um but so here's other things. So, of course, Jennifer Walters, uh, freak job, gamma gal, green cheeks, greeny, green haired hussy, green jeans, Hulka, Hulkess, Hulkette, Hulkina, Hulking Harlot, Jade Jezebel, Miss Jenny, Jenny Pooh, Lady Hulk, Queen Green, 
that's my favorite and shulky <laughs> kind of meshing the two together i think that if someone in the comics now called her any of those half of those names i yeah. feel like she hulk would just like crush them immediately yeah. i mean you know look i can understand a witty villain or you know somebody that's trying to put her down as a bad guy but but if it's like you know what often i think happens would be like somebody on the avengers would say like hey exactly. you know like, whatever like maybe not green-haired hussy but like they might call her like green cheeks or something like and that's just not gonna fly in, in today's society so sorry tony stark um i hope yeah. that uh yeah I, that that's that's uh that has been <clears throat> that was the past so um as far as abilities she hulk has superhuman strength, stamina, durability, speed, and of course, leaping. She has an amazing healing factor, just like her cousin, and she has gamma manipulation. She is also an expertise in criminology and has a law degree from UCLA School of Law and Harvard Law School. I love the fact that that's listed as like her one of her like superpowers is just how intelligent yeah. she is that's one of the coolest things about this character is just the level of intelligence that she has and she's able to just work in certain situations that no other heroes could help out with well and it's also refreshing to have a character that's not just another scientist i mean like we have a lot of scientists <laughs> that are superheroes and and no offense to scientists they're great but it's like how many lawyers do you have that are superheroes <laughs> so it's it's just kind of nice to be like Oh, OK, we got two. <laughs> yeah, we had two. <laughs> there's two <laughs> and they're both in Marvel and, and there's a series where they face off. So that's it's fantastic. Um, she is a, a combatant who has been trained by Gamora, who is which is ironic because she's another green superpowered hero uh, in several martial arts of styles throughout the galaxy. As far as affiliations in previous groups, she has been in. This is a long list, but uh, we're going to name a couple of them. Avengers, Fantastic Four, A-Force, Defenders, Heroes for Hire, Lady Liberators, the Hulkbusters, S.H.I.E.L.D., Future Foundation, the law firm of GLK and H, and many, many more. Those are some big names. They are. Do you have a favorite team that she's been on? Out of what I've read, um, A-Force is definitely up there. The all-female Avengers uh, series w was really cool. Just having her, like Miss Marvel. I mean, there, there was all kinds of names in there. And uh, yeah, probably A-Force. Yeah. I mean, or or her her in Fantastic Four was, was kind of cool. Just that's, that's my choice. I was always a big fan of whenever she was partnered up with Fantastic Four. Yeah. I, I find that I'm way more interested in the Fantastic Four when it's not the normal lineup. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is a sad oh, thing. We're going we're gonna to talk about that when we do a Fantastic Four episode. It's, <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's going to be a big oh, it's issue. Coming. It's coming. Um, supporting characters in her comic storylines include, of course, Bruce Banner, the Hulk, Lyra, her niece, Mallory Book, a rival lawyer. There's always got to be one. The Wasp, Janet Van Dyne, one of her BFFs, Louise Mason, another BFF, Jacinda, another BFF, Zapper, who is a uh, childhood friend and who becomes a uh, relationship, District Attorney Blake Tower, which is a great name, Blake Tower, Holden Holloway, who employs her at GLK&H, 
and Amadeus Cho, who we know as um, one of the new Hulks, but actually yeah. helps her uh, with some radiation issues in one of the storylines. He's the totally awesome Hulk. He is totally awesome Hulk. He's he's a fantastic character too. Uh, romantic relationships uh, or hookups <laughs> throughout the years include, but are not limited to. Wyatt Wingfoot, who is a uh, kind of mechanic, I want to say, and good friend of the Fantastic Four. Um, Star Fox, Luke Cage, Hercules, Clay Quartermain from the Hulkbusters, John Jameson III, a.k.a. Manwolf, who she eventually eloped with and was married only for a short time. Tony Stark. And this one surprised me. Kane Marco, also known as Juggernaut. But that was actually an alternate reality version of her. So maybe it doesn't yeah. count. So I'll, I'll say this to everyone listening to the episode. Immediately go and download the She-Hulk episode that just released. So this this episode is going to release on the 31st of August. So earlier this week on the Dear Watchers podcast, Robin Guido dropped an episode about She-Hulk, specifically this issue where an alternate version of She-Hulk comes into our normal 616 universe and has this relationship. And then there's this ongoing kind of joke in the comic that She-Hulk hooked up with Juggernaut, but the She-Hulk of our main universe is like, I absolutely did not do that. And so they dive into the history of that. So 100% go check out that episode because it's so <laughs> funny and interesting. And Dear Watchers right. is just a great podcast in general. So go check out that show with Robin Guido. Dear, it's called Dear Watchers? Dear Watchers. Okay. There you go. Um, so a lot of romantic relationships. And I like that. So she briefly married John Jameson III, which means J. Jonah Jameson was her father-in-law, <laughs> which is yes. really weird to think about. But okay. I, and I can just imagine hearing J. Jonas is like, what is I Why would I have a Hulk for a daughter? <laughs> it didn't last very long. Um, antagonists for She-Hulk include Titania, Zimnu, Warzone, The Rumbler, The Champion, The TVA, because she did some time travel no-nos at one point. The Abomination, Zax, probably my favorite spelling of a villain ever. Uh, Red Hulk, Red She-Hulk, AIM, and... Modoc. Yeah, I I just love the matchup of She-Hulk versus Modoc. It's such an interesting one. Yeah, that's fun. Big fan. Okay, and we have one more little mini segment called Random Facts. These are things that I found out about the character. They didn't really fit in anywhere else, but I just kind of like them. So early in her comics run, her code name was almost Bombshell. Like that seems kind of honestly pretty fitting. So not looking at like, yeah. like bombshell covers, but she is very much that. But yeah. the whole idea of like gamma radiation explosions, yeah. like it very much fits her. And, and, and the whole like pinup kind of aesthetic that she has, yeah. you know, and the, I mean, it's, it, I, I, I would have totally gone for that. I mean, but, but uh, you know, uh, Jen knows American sign language which I thought was pretty cool for accessibility, you know, representation. Her favorite drink is grape knee high. Who knew? And she was once once merged with black widow, creating the green widow. When did that happen? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Probably during a big crossover. Yeah, probably. 
Yeah, alternate reality. So yeah, there's a lot that went into this character, and uh, I'd love to learn a little bit more about the uh, creators of She-Hulk. Well, I, for that we should go into the archives. Like we said before, She-Hulk, aka Jennifer Walters, was created by writer Stan Lee and artist John Buscema. She-Hulk was Stanley's last character created for Marvel until returning in 1992 with Ravage 2099. Can can you imagine creating She-Hulk and then coming back to create Ravage 2099? I've got to follow up a great character. My last character was She-Hulk and I got a great one. <laughs> Ravage 2099. <laughs> <laughs> She-Hulk there, Stan. There's some people out there that very much enjoy Ravage 2099. I... I actively know a few other podcasters that are fans of that one okay well sorry ravage fans out ravagers <laughs> out there but um you know she hulk's creation was largely due to the popularity of the incredible hulk series the the live action series that was coming out at the time uh so we're talking about lou ferrigno incredible yeah. hulk mm-hmm. live action show classic yeah, absolute classic. That show was huge. I I, yeah. I grew up in the eighties, and I remember watching the Dukes of Hazard on CBS on Friday nights at eight o'clock, and immediately after that, the na, 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 and then and they would start with that, and I was like, "Whoa!" She and I wasn't allowed to stay up and watch it because it was like past my bedtime at nine, but I distinctly remember seeing like the Hulk, you know, like I was mm-hmm. like, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a huge show. Yeah. He threw a bear, Chris. He threw I, a bear. He, he definitely did. I did see the terrible Hulk and Thor movie that they made Ooh, um, yes. for TV. And that was awful. Um, <laughs> but, but the show was very popular. And like you said, they were going to, there was rumors that they were going to make a spinoff, a uh, female Hulk show. And that's, yeah. Yeah. Not only was the Incredible Hulk series going at the time, but we also had the Bionic Woman live action series that was running, which was a spinoff of the Bionic Man or the Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, the Six Million Dollar Man. So in and that was created by the showrunners. So Marvel didn't want the showrunners of the Hulk TV show to have the rights for a female version of Hulk. And so Stan and John came together and released an issue of the savage she-hulk and Mm -hmm. it was clearly something they wanted to get ahead of time because stan and john only did the first issue that was it (laughs) let's set the tone john (laughs) yeah and so they created the character and then just moved on (laughs) but it was just so funny that that she-hulk was made so that marvel could just keep the rights and make more money off of a character because they knew it was coming I mean, of course, you know, why, why not? That's smart. Yeah. A hundred percent because it was like bionic woman. I remember my, my dad just watching reruns of that show as a kid. So like it was popular there. There's like action figures and there's like cool toys oh, yeah. and, and all that Six stuff. That was, Man was, was huge. Yeah. And so it totally makes sense that Marvel wanted the rights to a character because it's it's an easy go to. Like, of course, you can make a female version of this character. But again, Jen is such a different person, which makes her so unique and interesting. Like we've said many times before when we've covered other Marvel characters, we've 
already talked about the history of Stan Lee, so if you want an in-depth look at his career, check out our issue on Black Panther, which takes a, a deep dive into everything that he was associated with. But let's take a look at the legacy of John Buscema. John Buscema developed a love of art and comics at an early age, copying comic strips like Popeye. His interests would evolve in his teens with a fascination for the superhero and adventure genres, including Tarzan, Prince Valiant, and Flash Gordon. After graduating from Manhattan's High School of Music and Art, John took night lessons at Pratt Institute and life drawing classes at the Brooklyn Museum to hone his craft. He trained as a boxer, but then funny enough, he would begin to do painting portraits of hmm. boxers <laughs> to just get better at his art style. Nice. Yeah. He entered the comic book industry in 1948, working under the editor and chief and art director of Timely Comics, Stan Lee. Buscema's first credit in comics was penciling the four page story, So Crime Do You Part, in Lawbreakers Always Lose, issue three, in 1948. In 1953, Buscema had been working freelance for Atlas Comics, Ace Comics, Hillman Periodicals, Quality Comics, and many others. In 1956, Buscema would co-create his first superhero alongside Superman co-creator Jerry Siegel for Charlton Comics. Buscema continued his occasional freelance work in comics during the industry downturn in the late 1950s while working in the commercial art field. He would return with a vengeance to comics in 1966, working on titles like Strange Tales and Tales to Astonish before becoming the regular penciler on The Avengers. Buscema would team up with writer Roy Thomas on Avengers to introduce a new version of Black Knight, Dane Whitman, which, who is played by Kit Harington. So that version of Black Knight, which we are now going to be seeing in the MCU, was co-created by Buscema, as well as having the co-created credit, co-creator credit of The Vision. Hmm. John would go on to illustrate iconic issues and runs of The Amazing Spider-Man and The Silver Surfer especially issue four with Thor versus Silver Surfer on the Rainbow Bridge. That that cover is always listed as one of the greatest covers in comics. It is unbelievably cool. And then also co-creating Mephisto at the same time with Stan Lee. John succeeded Jack Kirby on Fantastic Four and Thor with his departure from Marvel in 1970. Stan Lee is quoted talking about Buscema as saying, he'd always growl over the phone, don't bother sending me any outlines, Stan. I hate to waste time reading them. Just tell me what you're got. Just tell me what you've got in mind over the phone. I'll remember it. And Lee said that he always remembered every detail. Hmm. Like that's that's pretty impressive. I'm that's so yeah. I'm so bad at remembering details. So the fact that can you imagine trying to like take mental notes from Stan Lee? Yeah, I mean. Uh, he, he, he must have had just so much just riffing and, and coming up with random ideas and like, oh, I've got this. What about this? Like, <laughs> you're just like, wait, Stan, hold on. Hold on. We got we got to pace this out. You know, like I, I can't imagine just just the amount of stuff that was in his head. Yeah, that would have been so hard to keep track of. But back to Busema, he would go on to contribute to more than 200 combined issues of Conan the Barbarian and Savage Sword of Conan the like the person for conan the barbarian it's amazing how much work he put into that he would go on to work for other titles including nova ms marvel captain america daredevil howard the duck and savage tales he 
he ran the John Buscema Art School in the mid-1970s so people could go and learn from him. And Stan Lee was also known for showing up at the school to also give like seminars and speeches as well. It was in 1980 that Buscema and Lee would co-create She-Hulk in the Savage She-Hulk issue one. Additional notable co-creations from John include Nebula, Ultron, Yellowjacket, Prowler, Red Guardian, and Ms. Marvel. Carol Danvers' version of Ms. Marvel, not Carol Danvers herself. I, I still can't believe that this is the first time we've been talking about Buscema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he's done so much stuff, but I mean, we, we'll definitely bring him up again because you know, he's he's got a lot of characters <laughs> that he's... Yeah, I'm hoping that Ultron makes a resurgence in the MCU because he, he has to come back. I love Age it, of Ultron. It would make sense. I mean, it's justifiable. You can bring back Spader, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think with with uh, but also just like with Busama and comics, I mean, like I think his stuff on uh, Amazing Spider-Man is probably some of my favorite and just some of the classic issues uh, of that and Fantastic Four. And I mean, like he he's 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 somebody that just defined uh, moments of characters, e- even if he wasn't one that did like so many like you know uh co-creations i mean it's not just the co-creations which he has some pretty awesome ones like ultron miss marvel i mean they're amazing but but i mean having like the the key moments and storylines uh is is pretty classic you know yes a hundred percent i love that all right well let's get into the poll list we have read a lot of she hulk over the last uh, week or so and two weeks and um, there there is a lot to talk about. But if we were to recommend uh, we're going to recommend one uh, kind of essential run, I think, uh, each. And uh, what what do you have for your poll list, Lance? Uh, I am going with She-Hulk by Dan Slott. And so you can get the uh, complete collection, volume one and two. And I recently saw on social media because these collected editions have sold out basically everywhere with the popularity of the show. So. Mm-hmm. I believe it's been uh, announced that these volumes are going to be reprinted in October. So if you can't find them now, they will be available very soon. So by October 2022, they should be readily available. I will say, however, that these issues are available to read now on one of our favorite apps, Libby. So Mm -hmm. connect with your local library, put your virtual library card in there and you can read those stories now you don't even have to wait till october and it's free yeah Yeah. there's there's also in the show and most people probably know this marvel has done a cool thing where they'll put in little um qr codes throughout the episode and if you scan it it'll take you to a free app free version of of certain comics you have like the first issue of she hulk and issue one you have i think the first issue of the uh, John Byrne run in, mm-hmm. in issue two. So there's there's some cool little things like that if you want to just read She-Hulk comics digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the dance lot stuff is is really solid. It's 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 a fun storyline. I really enjoy the idea that She-Hulk in this storyline, like She-Hulk is the main personality of Jen at this point mm-hmm. in time. Like she's yeah. always wanting to be She-Hulk and throwing parties and celebrating their victories. (laughs) But after issues kind of going on that you can read about in the story, she's hired by uh, the, the law firm and they only, yeah. And they only want 
Jennifer Walters to be mm-hmm. there. They're like, we yeah. don't need She-Hulk. We need Jennifer Walters. So it's a story about Jen realizing that she herself has these incredible abilities that that she can't do while she is in She-Hulk form. Mm-hmm. Realizing that it's not just it's not just having superhuman strength that makes somebody incredible. It is those things that the like any human mind, if you put the effort into, you can become so well-rounded and be able to do amazing things on your own, like just as a normal human being. Well, there's a fun bit in, in the first issues where she's basically partying up and like having kind of a bohemian lifestyle and, and Tony and Steve are in the mansion while they're having a party and they're like, we need to talk about her. And then they're, and then, uh, they go to her and they're like, we need you to move out of the mansion. <laughs> like it's, and she's like, what? what? You know? and it's like, yeah, you're kind of tearing stuff up and it's a little crazy. And unless you can kind of calm it down and they, they basically kick her out, which is great. <laughs> she uses um, her Avengers emergency parking pass every yes. single time she tries to go to the court and eventually yeah. it just gets booted. Yeah, there's there's also a running gag that started, I think, in the John Byrne run, which is she's terrible with cars um, and and often destroys. And so I think in every series and I started after I read that, I was like, oh, really? And and it was like, yeah, it's in that one. It's in the other one. Like, so that's why um, she either like has to get a ride with somebody or sometimes if she's like, oh, I'm going to drive. But then like the car is inevitably just going to get totaled or something. So. Uh, I thought that was a fun, fun running gag. Yes, but absolutely highly recommend the Dan Slott run. He has a, an incredible voice for the character. Very interesting. Doesn't do the fourth wall breaking like the other runs does, and except for like the very last panel of the final issue. But some people argue that it's not breaking the fourth wall, but it is. And I'll leave it just at that. So you can read yeah. that whole run. See what you think by the end of it. So we've mentioned the fourth wall thing and and maybe we should just talk about that because like it wasn't in the origin and I I don't I don't know exactly when it started. I want to say it was with the John Byrne stuff. It started the very first issue of the John Byrne run and it's on the cover like it starts with it on the cover of her basically telling anyone that does not get it. Yeah, she's (laughs) holding up a copy of the Savage She-Hulk number one. She says, if you don't get this, I'm going to come and tear up your X-Men comics. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, right off the bat, we have her breaking the fourth wall as a character, and she does it constantly in that run. Yeah. So that came out in 1989. But a lot of people now, I feel like with the show, are complaining like, this person, this character is copying Deadpool because Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, 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 no. She-Hulk did it it first. first. She-Hulk did it first. Deadpool Uh didn't do it until what, 1998? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Deadpool wasn't even, he didn't do that initially. He 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 mm. eventually did that because what we talked about that in our Deadpool issue. But go listen to the Deadpool issue. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a thing that he did initially until it became more of a comedic, you know, character. But yeah, mm-hmm. she yeah. Hulk did it first. I was gonna pick the John Byrne run, and the reason I didn't is because I feel like, and I talked about this you with this offline. As as much as I I love John Byrne's X Men, I love you know uh, his. I love the fourth wall stuff and I think it's very funny, but it's also kind of painfully dated in a bad way. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of 
references to Wyatt Wingfoot, who's uh, in indigenous American is, and, and just the writing is kind of like, uh, it's a little uncomfortable. And, um, and just some of the stuff that we've mentioned as far as like Jen being a woman and like her portrayal is, is a little overtly sexual, not, not from her, but like the way that others treat her and just the way that like they do things in the storyline. At one point she's forced to strip just because agents of shield are just like, eh, we're going to have you do this because it's policy and it's, it's not. And it's just like, it feels, it just feels dated and it Gross. feels like an, it feels like an eighties action movie, like in a bad way. <laughs> um, so I didn't pick it because of that, but, but I will say that the moments that are not those things uh, are genuinely pretty funny. And the fourth wall breaks are probably my favorite. Cause there's one moment where like at the end of the second issue or something like that, there's these, <laughs> well, there's two things in, in this issue. I was like, Oh, this is really fun. Uh, and uh, so one of one of them is at the very beginning, there's an editor note that's like, hey, we need a two page spread <laughs> uh, in this comic. And then there's a there's a like another little, you know, panel box that's like, oh, it's coming, you know, and then they do a two page spread of like Jen's new apartment. <laughs> and Janet, Janet Van Dyne is showing She-Hulk around like this, this room and this room. And it's kind of funny because they're just it's comic book and they're just talking about here's the bedroom and, and the editor's like i'm still waiting <laughs> like a little side bubble and then at the towards the very end there's a two-page spread where it shows all of these cosmic like frog ships like these like frogmen ships and and there's a little note from john byrne that's like, hey, how about that? Is that good enough for you? There's cosmic. <laughs> it's just like them talking fourth wall. So they're breaking the fourth wall. And then the next panel, She-Hulk turns around and she's like, really, Burn? Frogman? <laughs> she, she's addressing the artists and writers. Yes. I'm just like, what is this comic? Like, this is it. crazy. Um, but, but as previously stated, this is not the run I picked because Shortly after I read some of the issues of John Byrne, I read the 2022 version uh, recently, which came out earlier this year in January by Rainbow Rowell and artist uh, Rohe Antonio. And it's amazing. Like it's it's so fun and cool and, and the art's really cool. And the, the story just feels fresh and new and it kind of captures all the things that we like i think about she hulk um it, it starts her off at a you know awkward place and she's kind of working her way up again after the history but it still acknowledges that she has a history in comics and uh by the way in the covers by jen bartell are some of the <sighs> coolest covers just like so amazing they're they're not the andy hughes pinup covers nothing wrong with those but like it's it's more modern take and uh kind of empowering take for her um it, it's almost something that you would see on the cover of like uh a, a, a law tv show procedural poster but but it's like painted with her you know um in just like a cool power suit you know and and stuff like that uh and so issue one is great because it kind of establishes her in New York and and the uh, in Manhattan under the bridge. And she's she's teaming up with an old uh, rival um, Mallory book and she works in a closet and and she also <laughs> fights Titania. Like it starts off with them having a fight and then they kind of end the fight with like, hey, I don't want to have to take I, I'm just doing this to relieve stress. 
That's what Titania says. And then Jen's like, well, how about this? Instead of me taking you to jail, as long as you're not doing anything illegal, why don't we just meet up every once in a while and fight and just relieve stress? And she's like, okay. And they, they kind of agree to that. It's just this fun, it's like exchange. Super powered fight club. It's a super fight club. And and it's a super, they, they, they recognize that they're rivals, but they're like, I just, and they're like, oh, you have an apartment. Are you still married? And she's like, yeah, it's a rental. Just stop talking to me about this. And then just having a great conversation. About the first this. rule of super powered fight club. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and then they bring back like characters in previous runs. Like remember when so in Dan Slot's run, remember the awesome Andy, the guy with yes. the big concrete head. So yep. he he shows up in his in uh, her uh, law firm and he's like, she's like, Andy. And then on the chalkboard, it says Jen. <laughs> like, <laughs> such, such a great moment. I was like, ah, it's Andy. So awesome. Andy's in it. Uh, uh, in issue four, the the thing comes back in like he's uh, helping her. So it's just kind of a fun like there's a little bit of wall breaking or fourth wall breaking. Um, I love it. I think if anybody's getting into She-Hulk, uh, just start with start with the 2022 version. It, it's 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 a uh, it's just a fun it's just fun take on it it's not it's not uncomfortable to read you know it's not dated it's it's modern it's uh it doesn't start with a lot of baggage and you can kind of start you know in a new place and see where it goes um i mean there's certainly a lot of like things that have happened in the past uh with with you know secret wars and she was on battle world and she you know, took over the Hulk mantle and she turned gray at one point, And that was a very serious storyline. So, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of stuff and plus she's been in Avengers and she's been in fantastic four, which I'm sure we'll get into when we talk about fantastic four, but you know, there's a lot of history with Jen Walters in the past, but I think just as far as like, who is she as a character? What's a good take on that? I think the Dan slot run is really fun. And that's probably what they're, that's kind of what they're mostly basing the TV show on. It seems like yes, very similar. Very much. It's so. like, she's starting with GLK and H. Um, and then this, this new series that uh, rainbow Rowell is writing is really fun as well. Nice. So that's our recommendations. Uh, I don't have a grail find for she Hulk. Um, I, I kind of was scouring my collection. I was like, I, I don't, maybe she's in an Avengers thing, but I, nothing's nothing particularly stands out. Um, that I own, but I know you have one. Oh, I do. I got <laughs> very lucky. Yeah. Uh, f- a, maybe it was like a year and a half or two years ago at this point. But again, offer up. It is a magical place. Sometimes went on there and somebody had a bunch of vintage books posted and I went there to buy a different book, I think. And I just ran across the Savage She-Hulk number one. So she Hulk's first appearance and the person wanted 50 bucks for it. Gladly paid it. It's Ugh. a newsstand copy as well. And yeah. I sent it into CGC and it came back an eight Oh, which I was very happy with. So I own a graded copy of the Savage She Hulk number one. And that's, that's it, awesome. it was, it's one of those yeah. books that I always wanted just because I was a big fan of the cover. It's an homage cover to Hulk number one, which is yeah. iconic so there was just there was so much going for that book. And I think the show had just been announced around that time that it was coming right. down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of perfect timing. I'm just a big fan of She-Hulk. So having her first appearance in my collection, just it, it means a lot to me. Yeah. And when somebody like so I'm for those of you who listen, you probably have if you haven't listened to a lot of issues, but Lance is definitely the collector and and I am more of a 
I don't necessarily collect. I definitely have stuff in my collection, but I don't avidly collect like like Lance does. Um, so for for when you're finding these issues and then you find something like that and it's kind of like, oh, this was unexpected. And you're like, you pull that out or you flip through a long box and you're like, <gasps> like, what does that feel like? What's what's in the moment when you're like, oh, this <laughs> like you don't even know what you have. Like, what do you what do you feel in that moment? It's an it's certainly an adrenaline rush when you come across something you weren't expecting. Yeah, it's a definite like like chemical high. For me, at least, you, when I'm when I'm hunting, do you ever feel kind of like, oh no, if I say something, they're probably gonna want to keep it? <laughs> like, no, because do, do you ever get kind of sneaky about it? Like, oh, I'll take this off your hands. I guess I don't know. I'm usually really straightforward about what people have. I yeah. like I let them know, and some people just don't care. I'm like, this is the first appearance of this character. They're like, cool, give me this much. I don't care. <laughs> like, all right, sure, because that's, but if that's nice, yeah. But if I come across a book that's worth like thousands. Like, yeah, like I'm going to tell them, like, I'm not going to spend three dollars on a book that's thousands. Like, I've I've gotten lucky in comic shops and like they put it in the back issue. And I'm like, all right, this is you've priced it. I'm going to buy it. But if I'm running into like someone that's like selling off a collection from a family member that passed away or something like that. Right. I'm not trying to get the biggest amount for my dollar. I'm trying to get like if I'm buying a collection, I'm trying to be able to get a like a certain percentage amount more than what I'm paying so I can keep the things right. I want and make a little bit of a profit. That's the way it should be done, folks. Do the right thing and and if if you find a if you find a grail or a gem in the somebody's collection if it's worth a lot of money, let them keep it. Let them I think it's it's our responsibility as you know, worthy and morally uh just comic book collectors and owners to to let those people know like hey you might want to keep on to this you know like you might want to keep this and resell it because that, that's that's very noble of you uh to do that um yeah and and it it keeps it keeps the line of communication open as well like you never oh, sure. know when someone that you per- purchase something from is going to find more and that's happened i've i've had people that i've purchased from before say oh hey i found another box do you want to come look at this one now i'm like absolutely oh, nice. so yeah. it it pays to be nice and upfront and of course like when you go in saying oh i'm a reseller i am trying to make money off of this but i'm not trying to like get it for a dollar you're not trying to scam them (laughs) exactly that's not right uh lance let's get into i think one of the things that we're both very excited about which is the the tv show the disney plus she hulk attorney at law um the first two as of this recording the first two episodes are out and um initial thoughts uh about this just if i had two thoughts it's i love the writing big fan of what they're doing and tatiana maslani is the absolute perfect choice for jennifer walters <laughs> so so good she is a yeah. phenomenal actress she She's is so crushing good. like she hulk crushes villains she is crushing this role so i i i've liked her since early on when i watched orphan black and and uh, when when this was a rumor of like she might be cast, I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was just like, because I like her her acting. If you've never if you've never seen her beyond She-Hulk, uh, watch Orphan Black. Watch the first like five episodes of Orphan Black and, and you'll you'll see what her acting range and just like the ability of what she can do is fantastic. It's um, and if she even taps into a fraction of what she did in that show, um, it's so good. But. Yeah, I 
I love it. I think it's fun. I think if it if this is their first kind of like comedy comedy action show if the other ones because they had comedy in them but they weren't really comedy shows this one this one's kind of like a comedy action show it feels almost like a like a buddy cop but it's not really buddies <laughs> it's just it's it's sort of just like a she comedy. has her paralegal yeah yeah she she's got her friends and she's got other characters and it's it's a chance for a lot of other characters to pop in i think and and we'll see yep. more of them so but but yeah, it's really fun. Like you said, the writing is really, really fun. I think it's probably one of the most well-received shows uh, out of out of a lot of the Marvel shows because it is a little different and it doesn't feel superhero, superhero-y um, because they take the time to show kind of slice of life stuff that's happening. Like she doesn't want to be a superhero. She's not like, yeah, I've got powers. Let's do this. And I, I think it was really fun just in the first issue where she's like, Okay, yeah, but I got to get back to my law firm. <laughs> like, you, you know, and you have the Hulk that's like, "No, you got to understand. This is how you do it." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, Bruce, I got to go." <laughs> so I think that was just kind of a a fun change in in the in the in the Marvel, you know, in the C- MCU. You always think like, "Well, how are they going to make this different?" And they they did. They found a way to make this character different and stand out um, by by relying on that real world kind of relatability that marvel does so well and they're also flipping the concept of slots run which was in the comic they only wanted jennifer walters to be the lawyer for their company mm-hmm. whereas gino now now they want just she yeah they just want she hulk they want her to be the face of this division of law superhero law yeah which i i think is really interesting because she absolutely does she, like you said, she wants no part of being She-Hulk. She doesn't want to be a superhero, but now her place of employment is kind of pushing her in that direction so that yeah. she has to accept accept that side of herself. And they did change the origin a little bit because in yes. the comics we mentioned, you know, she gets shot. And I think just because of the the rise of American gun violence being such an epidemic is something that they made a decision like, hey, let's um, do a car crash and there's going to be a Sakaran warship that comes out of, yes. out of nowhere, which what's that all about? But that's a whole other thing. And and I think just being like, all right, it's a it's a car thing. Um, I You know, if I were to nitpick something, I was like, well, that was a little fast. You know, it was a little like, OK, blood drip bloom. We, we've kind of seen that before. We saw it in the Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah. Right. When the when his blood got into Samuel Stern's and. And and yeah, I mean, so and the soda, yeah, exactly the soda incident with Stan Lee. Um, but but I think I was just surprised, like, oh, that was that was quick. Like that happened very fast. Um, but that being as- that aside, I mean, I think it was like, OK, it happened. And then they went 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 with it. Um, yeah, it's the the show. Sorry, I kind of collect my thoughts for a second. Uh, so we've only seen two episodes. Um, it was fun to see the abomination again, or at least Tim Roth. <laughs> we didn't see the abomination yet. And we know that there's more stuff coming. We know that Dare Wong is going to make an appearance. Daredevil. We Daredevil. know that Daredevil is going to pop up at some point. Charlie Cox is going to be huge. And I feel like there's more that they haven't even shown. That's going to tee in some stuff. Uh, I mean, like this is definitely a show where it's like ripe for cameos. 100%. As long as they do justice for the for the character, but but I'm really interested in how they're going to kind of tie in the the overall arc of like 
her becoming the hero that she wants to be or if, if she's going to ever embrace it. Right. Uh, I think it's it's going to be really interesting. But yeah, she absolutely nails it. As far as other ab- adaptations, I mean, there have been many appearances as NPCs or unlockable characters, you know, that sort of thing in various video games. Uh, she like you mentioned earlier, like she's been kind of cameos in like Fantastic Four cartoon and a couple different cartoon movies that Marvel has done. Um, but this is really her first kind of starring vehicle uh, in, in in the history of different adaptations. Uh, she was never luckily uh, in a live action TV version of, of She-Hulk because she never made it into the the live action TV version of Hulk back in the day. So this is kind of fun that we we see that you know, adaptation happening. We see, we finally see a live action She-Hulk. And I think Kevin Feige for Marvel said that she's going to be in the MCU film. She's going to, she's going to show up at some point. So maybe Secret Wars, maybe, you know, like the stuff that was just announced, uh, she's going to be with the Avengers at some point. Uh, it, it, that's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to see, you know, uh, how, how Jennifer Walters fits into the next phase um it's gonna be fun something that the mcu is starting to do more frequently is having these cameos show like characters that we've seen in other properties show up in the other films because Mm -hmm. it, it makes no sense for so many of these characters to be living in the same city and them never crossing over or meeting up like if there's this end of the world level threat in new york why is only one group going to be there. Why would only the fantastic four be there? Like, right. It, it makes no sense. And so this development of having characters cross over and, and kind of meeting up and have these interactions, it, I feel like it's just going to happen more and more frequently as we move forward in the MCU, definitely culminating in secret wars. Yeah. I just saw, I don't know if you saw this, there was, this is a side note, but Speaking of other characters popping up, there was a in the second episode, this is spoilers a little bit. Uh, she's looking through classified ads of, of different like law firms that might be hiring. And there's a little there's a little blurb on one of the websites that's like man uh, gets in bar brawl with claws. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like okay <laughs> the gauntlet has been dropped what does this mean like who could that be right i mean it's they're, they're doing it again come on <laughs> they're drop they're dropping the hints left and right yeah a little hints like what is it's a little easter egg um yeah it's it's fun stuff okay so we've uh talked about adaptations and now it's time for what if what, what? what? if Each issue we do what nerds do best, we share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. This week, we decided, what real-life woman would you like to see acquire the powers of She-Hulk? Now, we are talking about, not not about another person getting the powers or showing up in the She-Hulk show. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, which real person... In in our reality, do we want to acquire the powers of She-Hulk? Who de- who deserves these powers? Yeah, and and this is this is a tough call. I wanted to give it to a lot of different people. <laughs> Just yes, amazing women that are out there, and and kind of what would they do with super strength and an amazing stamina and 
and the, the super uh, presence, right? I mean, more than what they have now. Imagine just like next level, like all eyes on you as this as this glowing green goddess of a, of a woman. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I'll go first. I picked, uh, I was kind of going back and forth. I told you I was like, maybe Taylor Swift, maybe Venus Williams. I mean, they're, they're, they're very fantastic and they have a lot of charity work and, and they do some, they do some great things. Uh, ultimately I picked, um, Mindy Kaling yes. and <laughs> Mindy Kaling is, uh, if you haven't seen, uh, the office, which you probably have, uh, she's in the office, but she's also, um has her own show and she's become a producer and she's a fantastic comedy writer and um just she, she, she's she's really she's just a fantastic person um in in real life she's done a lot of stuff with um charity work with with uh water like getting countries that have um bad water supplies like uh, you know clean water and um and done a lot of uh humanitarian work so i think Somebody like that, that has a real life sense of humor that knows about uh, discrimination, that knows about being, uh, you know, working up from from um, you know, not having the, the means, you know, at first and then like kind of making her way to get something out of life and and having extra strength is just kind of like, yeah, that, I want to see that come together. Um, I think she would be funny about it, but also kind of keep that humor that that Jen Walters has, but but also just kind of be her own person. I mean, like I think Mindy Kaling with that voice and just her humor and everything would be really fun. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great one. Love it. I had someone in mind, but sadly they had passed away recently. I wanted to say Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I want a hulked out Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, that's the that's the ultimate choice. Right? Court justice, like thrown out justice in the courtroom and in mm -hmm. the street. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I would love love that. But because I can't choose her because of technicalities, yes. I am going with someone that I recently got to see at Comic Con, San Diego mm. Comic Con, during one of the panels, and that's Rosario Dawson. Love I. She is like the ultimate nerd queen, I feel like, in so many sense. Like, she's Ahsoka Tano. She's been in Clerks. She, she, like, in, she, she's, she was in Sin City. She's the night she nurse. She's the yeah, night, she's night nurse. nurse. Like, <laughs> like Daredevil. Yeah. She is encompassing so many different corners of the nerd realm. And she's just a super chill, nice person. She comes across so well in interviews. She's very kind. Even when questions are kind of uh, pitched to her where she could say something that's like snarky or to like belittle someone else, she flips it and makes it something that's so positive. And that's something I noticed during the interview, uh, uh, like up the panel on stage. And I just kind of was enamored by her. And she's hilarious. She told the story about... Her family was just did not come from money whatsoever. They had this van that the side door would like always swing open mm. that like they used to find like roadkill. It, it was just weird stories that were going on. <laughs> but I think that she would just make an incredible. She would become a very positive force in the world with these powers. I already think she is yeah. a force for good in this world, but 
giving her the powers of She-Hulk kind of can just take that to the next level. She, she would not be ignored. No, <laughs> like she never. Would, she would. You cannot look away from somebody like this. Absolutely and, not. Yeah, Rosario Dawson is is has always been one of my favorite people and actresses. Uh, and I can't I can't wait for the Ahsoka show. I, I think out of all the Star Wars shows, and I was like, <gasps> just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It, she's just such a great character. Uh, to begin with, and then having Rosario Dawson is just like almost like amazing dream casting. So yeah. I, hats off to the Lucasfilm team and Disney and Star Wars and everything. I just that's that's fantastic. Yeah. And and something that was really cool is dur- during that panel, she talked about how she always wanted to adopt an older child. And she had cared for this girl since she was 11. And when she was 17, she legally adopted her. So mm-hmm. she had she has this this daughter that is now a little bit older, but it was just like you could just tell just from like listening to her for just a few minutes, just how much heart she has. So if I'm going to be giving powers to like these incredible powers of like ultimate strength in the world, I'm giving it to someone that I think would do the absolute absolute most good with it. So I had yeah. to go with Rosario Dawson. Yeah. And, and I know that there's people that would be like, I'd give it to Beyonce or I'd give it to Lady Gaga or I'd give it to Hillary Clinton or whatever. And I think that's fine. And and let us know who you would pick on our Twitter. Like, who would you pick? Who would you which woman would you give the powers of She-Hulk to? Um, there's certainly people that I would not give it to. But 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 I think we're, we're looking for people that maybe like they're super great people, but maybe they just don't have that ultimate diva superpower status um i mean a lot of the ones i mentioned or you know other people that would have been great uh like they have a lot of so much power and money and and sway and everything like that so i think these two mindy and rosario are are kind of fun because it's like they're fantastic people but i there's a lot of people that maybe don't know about them or don't know about the good stuff that they do so yeah i think the she hulk mantle or or just powers and abilities and attention and everything would be would be really fun that was a that was a good question that was a that was a fun little twist yeah i i enjoyed it that was your question so that was, you, you patting, I, I, patting I, I, yourself I know, on I'm, the I'm back but it's a good it. question I, I, it was a fun like breaking the fourth wall uh kind uh-huh. of question huh let's see what we did there all right well it's time to close the book on she hulk <laughs> so until next time this is chris and this is lance reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer Burn? Really? Toadmen? Frogmen? <laughs>